So I think this idea of that we evolve into a planet is a new idea that I've only heard through the Ethereum Society and Theosophy kind of hints at it, but it does give you a purpose beyond where I see Podsongs being. It's that I eventually, you know, have to evolve into a much greater being. Podcast Junkies, episode 285. Welcome back. I'm your host, Harry Duran. Newcomers. Welcome. This is the show where we seek out interesting folks in podcasting, whether they've just recently gotten started with their shows or been doing them for years. We'll probably get to the point where that's going to be decades and that's going to be kind of nuts. But we just want to hear what's on their mind, what inspired them and where their podcast path has taken them. It's really interesting. I'll touch on that in a second with this week's guest. But if you haven't checked out last week's episode, it's with Tristan Pellegrino. He's the co-host of the Recorded Content Podcast and the founder of Motion Agency. He's been doing some nice promo work on the socials uh, with our episode, so make sure you give that a listen. It was It's fascinating to talk to other agency owners, and I'm of the opinion that a rising tide lifts all boats, so it's not re- where I really feel like it's competition. It's really cooperation or uh, coopetition. I think some people have tried to have some fun with that. That, those two words and that's what I feel and uh, last week I think last week or the week before I had another agency owner on as well so all in all I think it's really uh, speaks to uh, the things that I'm passionate about this episode is brought to you by Focusrite and specifically the Scarlett 2i2 sound card one of my favorite go-to sound cards something I use for each and every podcast recording the 3g line is a go-to for all new podcasters Find out more at podcastjunkies.com forward slash focus right, and the link will be in the show notes as well. This week, Jack Stafford, host of Pod Songs, is my featured guest. He's a singer songwriter and a self described modern day troubadour. We talk about his passion for creating good songs for good causes. And Pod Songs, the first season, it's a unique show, it's a podcast format where he was interviewing the people on the show and creating an original song for each episode, which boggles my mind in terms of the uh, the logistics involved with that. And for season two, he's partnered with a group of musicians, and essentially the musician is going to interview uh, the guest, and then they're going to write the song, so it's not all on Jack at that point. We have a really rich discussion about uh, not only pod songs, podcasting, but we delve into spirituality, which was something that I didn't expect and it really took a a really nice and fun turn we talk about motivation behind creation and the importance of preserving knowledge for future generations we learn about his background and obviously can't have a discussion in podcasting without talking about the lockdowns and uh, how that led him to podcasting and he's on a new mission he's going to talk about that a bit on this interview He talks about future projects and what he hopes to achieve. So it's really inspiring. And I think when you're actively listening and engaging with your guests, like I like to do, you just open yourself up to some interesting paths. And this was definitely one of those. And so I'm really excited to hear the feedback on this episode from you guys. As always, if you're enjoying this episode or past episodes, leave a rating and review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash podcast junkies. And I'll be sure to read those out on future episodes. I'm going to be checking next episode uh, for any of the boostograms that have come in. So if you're hearing this episode and you're using one of the apps at newpodcastapps.com and you are going to be in the mood for supporting your favorite shows through Satoshi's, 
then you can do that at one of those apps, newpodcastapps.com, leave a boostergram, and I'll be sure to read that out on future episodes, ideally next episode as well. So check that out. Always look to see what's happening on the bleeding edge of podcasting, and that definitely fits the bill. We're going to have Dave Jones from Podcasting 2.0 on the show soon. I have an outreach to him, and he's been kind enough to agree, so it's just a matter of getting it scheduled. Looking forward to that, to sort of demystify and break down what's been happening in that space. Uh, Podcasting 2.0 is one of my go-to podcasts. Okay, I think that's enough of the intro talk. Let's get into this really fascinating discussion with Jack, and make sure you stay to the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag. So Jack Stafford, host of Pod Songs, thank you for joining me on Podcast Junkies. Great to be here, Harry. Thanks for having me. So for the benefit of the listener, do you want to share how we cross paths? Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I reached out because I'm just trying to spread the word about pod songs and uh, why not go to the to the original junkie, no? <laughs> How did you come across the show, Podcast Junkies? Through my researcher, actually. I was looking for the most established shows to, to reach out to and she, she did the business for me. <laughs> when did you start pod songs? One year ago, actually. One year ago, okay. One year, yeah. What were you listening to at the time that was inspired you? Well, I was I was released an album. I'm a musician, and I'd released an album, and we're in the middle of this this uh, COVID pandemic. I don't know if you've heard about it. Yeah, so I was aware you were at the time in, in your podcast journey. How you what made you decide to start the show since it's only been a year? Yeah, so we're in the middle of this pandemic, and not being able to travel as a musician, not being able to perform, I used guest podcasting to go on other people's podcasts as a way to promote my album and talk about myself for an hour i mean it's not too bad is it because as a musician you know you're normally given a very small amount of time you know on the radio or in a press interview and then they can change your words but with a podcast it's you know you're just doing a big brain dump about how wonderful your lyrics are and your music and your your whole how fantastic you are and um we don't, we don't have to get that into that today harry don't worry i'm not gonna ask you any difficult questions about which is your favorite song or album although i might get into that later yeah but um yeah yeah we could <laughs> but so i thought this is fun i could do this this is i like doing this so i should do this but i need an idea you know i mean everyone you've got podcast junkies this is you're very clear you interview all the other podcast hosts and the best people the best hosts and we all learn from each other but you know what am i gonna am i gonna host this a songwriting podcast i mean that's that's pretty boring no? i mean that's been done so but you know i'm a i'm a troubadour i'm a super troubadour i go around the world and i interview i meet people i'm inspired and i write a song about them so one and one two together i interview people well-known people and i write a song inspired by the conversation so when you say uh, so i think for folks that are not musically inclined they may hear a word like troubadour and not have any context for it so how would you define that a troubadour is the the guy with uh, a lute going around from town to town singing the the old songs of yore back in the day and being you know in the king's court etc etc was much more. I had a better job back in the day, you know. I had, uh, I had the kings and queens and the, the courtiers, and it was much better. Nowadays, I just had. I did a lot of. I did toured the world doing house concerts. Okay, when did that start? That started in um, 
well, I lived in Amsterdam for 10 years and then I went traveling for two years. And this is about 2011, I think. And it was fantastic to be able to, you know, go from place to place, sleep on someone's couch, play for all their friends, you know, pass around the hat, sell CDs. This was, this was back in the day. And, uh, yeah, so I got used to being a storyteller, you know, I'd tell tourists, tell, tell stories of the places I'd been, of the, you know, the logging protester I'd stayed with, or the hospital, or the, the people like in the other town, you know, and like in the olden days. So, you know, I did this for a long time before I settled in Italy, and, you know, so I kind of got good at it. And so that translates now into a podcast where I I get people on the show, have a conversation with them, they tell me all about their their life and their work, as you do. But whereas you just have to press publish, you know, I have to, I have to go away and really, because we do a whole production, you know, I write the song and then we do drums, bass, guitar, the full, and then we release the song on Spotify. So in the last year, I've released a hundred songs Wow! and yeah, as well as the hundred podcasts that the episodes are easy. I mean, anyone could, you know, not to generate your work, you know, it's the writing the song is harder afterwards. So. Sure. But that's the format that you chose. Why specifically did you settle on this format for the show? Well, it had never been done. No one was stupid enough to do it before. So now I've done it. And yeah, there is the Ben Folds, who has also started one called Lightning Bugs. And he interviews people and then he, he cuts up the interview and makes a a song and a video. But he, they're not, he doesn't release the songs on Spotify. So these are these are proper songs that we release and some of the best songs I've ever written because you know if you go to the gym every day a hundred times in a year you know you get stronger and oh sure so I'm getting better as a songwriter as a music producer as a as an interviewer hopefully as a guest you'll have to let me know at the end so it's been a fantastic musical journey for me without ever leaving my home where did the passion for music start well I was I never really had it when I was young. My brother was a harmonica player and I think it's more of that competitive edge. He started doing it because our father was very into the blues. And so I started just playing the guitar because he was a harmonica. And this was when I was in my late teens, 19, 20. And then I came into it very late, you know. And I'm, I mean, I'm 44 now and I haven't been, I've only been playing, you know, releasing albums for the last 15 years. So it just goes to show, you know, you're never too late. <laughs> do you perform under jack stafford yeah 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 okay well, i'm kind of i am kind of fading out now because after doing a hundred songs in a year i mean i get kind of bored of the sound of my own voice now and i'm having guest musicians on okay to sing songs so pod songs 2.0 is guest musicians coming on okay to interview their heroes or interview people who inspire them so i'm kind of sharing the experience so it's now it's becoming a a format a program rather, a brand yeah <laughs> rather than just than just me playing all the time because otherwise that it doesn't feel like it was developing you know it feels like i'm not what am i going to try break world records here am i going to release 100 songs every year i mean what's sure but with this way i'm kind of because it's a wonderful experience to to get someone on and you know you really engage with them and you know they've put so many when someone's written a book you know they put a lot of thought into that and so basically with a song, you know, you get the dust jacket and then the blurb is on the back and that's the key, key takeaways. So if you could, that's a three minute song there. So 
you get these people with fantastic ideas who've really distilled down the ideas for you. They've done all the thinking for you. All you do is make it rhyme a little bit and you sound really intelligent. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it's gone really well. So I want to give this experience to other musicians to, so they choose the guest. Okay. They choose who they want to interview because over the past year, the most rewarding interviews have been the ones, not when someone's written a book, but when they've done it for a good cause, you know, to air quality or or air pollution, you know, something to save the planet, to save humanity. It's still interesting to interview famous authors and activists and, and writers, but when someone is, yeah, an activist, when they're really working for the betterment of humanity in service to others, then you feel more motivated, you know, and the results are better. So that's one trying to, you know, protest songs, you know, wrongful convictions, for example, or political change or human rights, because these songs, if you're putting this much work into it, you might as well do it for a good cause that that's going to make the world a better place. And why is that mission important to you? Well, I think it first came from, I'm a member of a spiritual organization called the Aetherius Society. And the, the motto is, service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. So I came into... How do you spell that? Aetherius is A-E-T-H-R-I-U-S. Aetherius means one who travels through the ethers. So it's a very, it's a very small, I can say elite spiritual organization. It's not got many members. It's quite ahead of its time. It's, um, it's kind of a, more of a religion for the future. It says it's a UFOs and yoga, this kind of combination of... Uh, well, I'm sure we'll get into that because <laughs> listeners <laughs> will know that that's a topic that's uh, very top of mind for me. So Okay, well, we can, we can that, <laughs> maybe we should leave that because once you've gone there, it's hard to come back to the... Yeah, we'll, we'll pace ourselves here. <laughs> Where did you grow up? In England, Lincoln in England. But uh, really, I grew up when I moved to Amsterdam because, okay. yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing city and I didn't really start growing until I moved there. Have you been mostly a musician for most of your career? No, I was, um, I was a musician in England and then I got a job. I applied for many jobs after university. You know, they said you need to earn this stuff called money. And you need to, and being a musician is not a great way to do that. So I applied for many jobs and one of them jobs was to be a copywriter in the Netherlands. And it was, it was the only job as a copywriter and I applied for it. It was the only job outside England and I suddenly got it. So first job out of university and, uh, because they said, if you can write songs, you can probably do write copy, you know. So I ended up writing kind of for Philips in Eindhoven brochures. And this was even before websites. So, yeah, and I kind of developed from there. And I did 10 years as a copywriter and became, became like a pimp for copywriters, had my own agency. So all that stood me in good stead for pod songs now because I've, I've got this organizational background. I've got this promotional background. So I'm kind of, I think it was a good... There was obviously a plan there to give me some some more rather than just three chords and the truth, you know, in this day and age. Did the copywriting help you improve your songwriting? Yes, definitely, because I had to have a, a concept, you know, a, an idea behind each song. So I couldn't just write. If you listen to the lyrics of modern music, it's not usually the most rewarding experience. So with mine, there's always, there's always an idea. There's always something to communicate. So... For example, I'm very into Ayurveda. That's something I got interested interested in when I was traveling, and because it's very discombobulating on a life on the road as a musician. I mean, you're you're eating different food in different place every time. 
you're bouncing around like a beach ball you're you know different time zones different temperatures and it really messes you up so i got into ayurveda which is the kind of the chinese medicine the equivalent in india i don't know if you've heard about this but uh, it's very very old and uh, it's a super logical system about you know eating in season balancing the doshas hot cold dry light as well as many other medicines so so i i studied to be a practitioner when i moved to italy and went to india quite a few times and there's these ayurveda originally if you go, go way back through the books is based on these sutras so there was one called the Shtanga Haridim, which so they used to remember the medical textbook and it's all in poetic form so it's much easier for us for our minds to remember things in prose is that right prose yeah in verse so it's if it rhymes if it flows so you it flows to the next to the next so i wrote an album of songs based on the sutras but t- translating them into english rhymes so that you could remember the, for example, the the perfect daily regime through a three-minute pop song. That's great. Yeah, so I did that for, it was like 18 songs on that album. And it's just trying to preserve information for future generations and, and spread this information through the medium of, of song, you know, and, or poetry in that case. And the, these albums are on Spotify? Yeah, they're on Spotify, yeah. So this idea of preserving music, preserving... It's interesting, it's this idea of taking age-old wisdom and converting it into different formats for newer generations to appreciate, in this case, music. But even what you're doing with the podcast, you're, you're, taking, you're mixing an interview with you know, the, the story of this guest and then putting your skills of, as a musician into that to, to then translate what would normally be a podcast episode into music why is this idea of preserving knowledge or passing information on across generations why why is that something that's important for you i guess like you say it goes to that copywriting background is that you know you get this brief which is this very complicated boring document and you're supposed to pull out the benefits from the features and so when i interviewed you know a sleep doctor and he talks about his the how you there are these different chronotypes and you're all we're all a different chronotype and you can sleep based on your type of biorhythm so if i put that into a song more people will hear about that more people will go and study his book yeah because they they learn there's these things called chronotypes and what rhymes with chronotype (laughs) (laughs) i just moved that word to the front of the sentence yeah because that was a bit difficult yeah and biorhythm yes so i interviewed many scientists and um because you know they were very they very flattered because I reached out to all the people who've been all all the top podcasts you know Joe Rogan and everyone and they get hundreds of podcast requests but I'm a nobody here in Italy I didn't have many listeners on Spotify before this but just that the fact that somebody reaches out and wants to write a song about you or your work is incredibly flattering and not many people said no so I did get some some well known professors in all the top universities and. Uh, yeah, it was quite, it was been an educational year. I'm a smarter guy. <laughs> <laughs> what was your criteria? Like, how did you decide who you wanted to have a conversation with? I'm sure you had a, a dream list of f- folks as well. Well, I had the idea that I thought that if you interview famous people, you will become famous. So I, I had a people with over 100,000 Twitter followers. But in the end, that didn't, wasn't really a great idea because 
That doesn't necessarily mean they're interesting people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, they had been on podcasts before, so they they knew what to say. But as I found out that um, you get the same interview that they've given the week before, the week before, because I researched them in the, while I'm doing my gardening in the morning, and I, I knew all the all the jokes, all the all the stories before I even heard them. So, and the, the second thing was that they just tweeted the song once when it was produced, which, you know, afterwards they'd had for breakfast and, you know, 10 other tweets that day. So now I'm going also for good causes, but for smaller people who will, who will be partners for the whole process. So they'll share, they'll share all the artists posts about, you know, when they're looking, writing the lyrics, when they're looking for inspiration, I want to have this, this synergy. So, you know, a songwriter will interview someone if they're they're passionate about suicide prevention for example will partner with a suicide prevention charity and make it a whole six month you know social media plan and so then it's much more benefit to the organization and the artists they kind of swap audiences you understand so sure sure. they share each other's posts and so even though there's one episode a week you know 52 episodes a year they'll be they'll be running parallel all these different promotional so they'll I'll be going all the time because I'm not having to tweet myself about all these things. The artists will be doing this. So hopefully this is why, this is how my new criteria for guest is, yeah, who's the most interesting and who the artist chooses. You know, if the artist is really into, one person is really into retro clothes, um, vintage clothes, recycling clothes as a way to solve the planet. Another one's interested in, in, um, controlling their dreams and they've been watching this youtube channel so they want to interview that person so the artist chooses and then there's this passionate connection they really want to write the song they're up for the interview everything else flows because of the motive so motive is everything an unselfish motive when you have the interviews i am speaking for myself sometimes as i'm having these conversations and i take it upon myself to make sure that the conversation continues, that it continues to flow, that it's entertaining, that the that the guest is engaged, that I'm always conscious of the listener is always part of this conversation. So that's the third person in the room as well. As you have these conversations, I can't help but think that you're also thinking ahead as to what this song is going to sound like. And so there's a lot of things happening while you're having the conversation. But talk a little bit about uh, what goes through your mind as an interviewer, maybe separate out the musician part, but as you think about preparing and actually conducting the interview, is there prep work and how does that flow go? Well, with the new format, I let the musician do the work. I'm a supreme delegator, as you probably, so they do all the the heavy lifting now. But before, I used to listen to the past podcasts and write down all the questions that the most intelligent host had asked the guest so i knew they know the answer i know this is a good question how do you define an intelligent host well if they were asking a really good question you know and the host and the guests give a really good answer so i'd, I'd write down the questions i wouldn't necessarily use them but there's nothing worse than an interview i found than running dry having no questions to ask because there seem to be two types of guests some people who are just going to talk and you're as a, as a host, you're basically in the way, interrupting a few times. So they're going; they can talk forever. They're not really, yeah. <laughs> but some people will. But the question on that, so on that first one, they can talk forever. What I would be listening out for is: are they saying anything meaningful? Those are okay to me, but the worst people 
were the ones who just when I'm finishing what I've my thought here I'm going to slightly slow down to let you know that I'm finished and then you you'll ask me a question but some people they'll just stop <laughs> and then you've got to think of the got to have the question you know I, I know now that I can edit and I shouldn't be panicking sure but I don't like to edit because I have this bloody song to do so I don't do any editing or anything <laughs> on the part because I'm 100% concentrated on the song so I just found this new software Descript which is oh I love it I use Descript yeah how good is that I mean how life-changing it removes the uh, ums and ahs it removes long pauses it's now have and now they just I've been testing out the mastering it's a simple mastering tool. You can apply it on each channel. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing video edits at 2X on it. It's an amazing, amazing. I've actually had uh, Andrew on a couple of times on Podcast Junkies. Andrew Mason, the founder. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. send him a Christmas card for me because... Uh... <laughs> and for the listeners who may not know, recognize the name, he's the former CEO of Groupon. Wow. He's a smart cookie. Yeah. <laughs> so that's made it easier. But when there's a huge long pause, dead air, it's from it's a, kind of a panic, isn't it? You're... It used to be. I think it's uh, what I've told people to be uncomfortable with silence. If you're asking a question that would require a thoughtful response, because, and this is where the video comes in handy, the fact that we can see each other, body language, your point, nuances and people's like articulation and, and speed of speaking. You know, those are all things as a podcast host, you have to get good at and learn how to manage and, and do that dance back and forth. But I've try to be more conscious of letting people sit with their answers. And you can see people turn their head, they look up to the left or the right, whatever it is, when they're trying to access that memory part of their brain. And I know that they're, what I feel sometimes is there's an inner dialogue happening and it says, do I give the short answer that I give all the time? Or do I feel like this is a safe space where I can open up and I can give a more meaningful answer to that question? That's great. I wanted to have a podcast with no questions. So, because you know, if someone comes around your house for dinner, yeah, yeah, you never say, "I've got nothing to ask them." I, I, Let me pull out my questions for you. <laughs> yeah, that that never happens. You're worried about what food to cook, or if they're infected with coronavirus, or anything like that. But you don't say. So it would be nice to have a podcast with no questions, because as soon as I pause, you know, you can't shut shut people up. They're all jumping in. But I don't like those guests who. Who come on and say, okay, ask me another question. Yeah, ask me another question. That's just, there's no flow there. You know what I mean? I think it's a acquired skill and I think it comes with repetition and you have to have a genuine curiosity and an interest in the other person or what that other person has to say. I always say that every person has a story. Like we could go into a pub, there'll be a hundred people there. If you took the time and spent an hour with that with each one of the people in that pub, a genuine interest in them, natural curiosity, learn how to follow threads, ask questions that go deeper, you know, just when people tell you something, you know, there's that mantra of the or the maximum of the five whys, like let's see one gives you an answer, you ask them, Well, why'd you do that? And they'll give you an answer and you're like, Well, why'd you do that? And then we'll give you another answer. If you keep asking that, you'll get to the core of like why it is they do what they do. And to your, you know, earlier example, I, I love listening to really good podcast hosts. Like I'm friends with uh, Jordan Harbinger, Jordan Harbinger. I've listened to Tim Ferriss and, you know, there's a, Terry Gross, NPR, Alec Baldwin has a great podcast. 
you know, back in, I grew up watching 60 Minutes, 2020, just, you know, Diane Sawyer, and just all these just range of people whose job it is to really get people to say something meaningful. And it's fascinating to me to to do that in a way that pulls the story out of the person. And sometimes it's a story they, they didn't realize that they were ready to tell or ready to share. You think people are nervous sometimes, though, because when we're telling the, the story, we're told 10 times before it's easy, you know, but if I'm having to tell something new, it doesn't flow as easy. Yeah, and that's the magic there, because it there's when there's a bit of discomfort, it's because it's something that evokes an emotion in you, or it's something that you haven't spoken about in a long time, or it's something you really hold deeply, you know, a belief or something that you care about. And, and that's why I ask a lot of questions about like the motive behind why people do the things that they do, because, you know, normally, I think at nine times out of 10, it'll reveal something about their character or how they were raised or, or what they value most in life. Yeah, because I with a because I have this amazing idea, write songs about it. I don't, the interview is kind of secondary for me, so I do kind of neglect that part. It's not. I wouldn't say it was the strongest point, and now I've kind of abdicated responsibility because another thing I noticed was that even if the guest shares the interview, none of their followers are interested because they're telling the same thing that they've they've told a hundred times before. But with the bands. This is the first time they've ever hosted a podcast. So their audience, it's a one-off thing. Like, so they're super interested. So, and that's why I let them, even if it's, because every episode is completely different. Some people are bad interviewers. Some people are great. Some people talk a lot. Some people talk a lot. So it doesn't really matter because I know it's their fans who are coming to get this episode. So for that reason, I'm, the interviews can be a plane crash sometimes, but it's still it doesn't matter because you never know what you're going to get. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a fun thing. Yeah, I've started to call these conversations instead of interviews. And I've been thinking of my guests more as co-hosts. Like it, it feels like, and I haven't formalized it, but I think it's really, we are co-creating this interview together. Right, right. And, you know, it, it should be a back and forth and it shouldn't just be you passively waiting as a guest to wait for what I have to say so that you can give your most, uh, you know, insightful answer that's going to make you look as witty and intelligent as possible. My goal is to have people, you know, let their hair down and just relax. And and to your point, like when you invite someone over, if you go to a, a bar, there's no questions. You're genuinely curious in the person. Like I'm, you know, I'm just curious in, in how long you've been a creator. Like when, when was that active or almost alive for you? And it could be when you started the music. And obviously, you know, there's this sense that you continuously need to be creating. So I'm wondering when that sensation was alive for you that, that you can remember. Well, it goes with the flow. It has to be a purpose. You know, I could go for a year without writing a song because they come very easily to me. I, you know, I really do channel them. I don't, you know, you've asked me about the interview process and for the songwriting process, there is no there is no process you just you make some notes you distill everything down you you concentrate on the on the interview and then your higher consciousness will come up with the song if you try and write it in a formulaic way then it's going to be a disaster so usually there's some line in the song there's their key idea as i said you know usually the title of their book 
So, and when you have a sentence like, you know, you are responsible or drunk on the cork or, you know, the song title, then you kind of work your way around that. So, so it's, there's the need to be creative when, when there is a vacuum, when there is not, if there is a, if everyone already did this, if you go away and you do a painting of, of me after the show, or you're a sculptor, and if everyone does an art, if everyone is inspired on every podcast to do something artistic, you know, I wouldn't do it because it's not necessary. You know, I'm always, I'm always about the vacuum. So there is a vacuum there. I'm doing it. There's also a vacuum for, for knowledge and wisdom. And this is what I'm trying to do. There's a need. So I have to do it. What's driving that need? Well, the reason I started this show was this, was this Ethereum Society because I came across these teachings. So, you know, I'm a, I've been around the world. I've met a lot of people. I've studied a lot of things, as I'm sure you have. But when I learned about the teachings, it just blew my mind. And this is the reason I thought I've got to have, the, I've got to make the number one. I've got to promote this somehow, you know, in a way. What are the tools open to me? So my music it was the main one and now there's this podcast so there's this this drive because ignorance is the only crime on the earth and if we can solve this then all everything else will be solved all the other problems what's do you remember what your earliest recollection of something you created was well let's recollect the thing that pops into my mind was a christmas because we're coming up to christmas so a christmas present where I wrapped all the presents together one by one. So there was a huge present at the end because every present was inside another present. Okay. So I think it was when I was quite young. So let's move into the, the Ethereus. I'm curious when that uh, spiritual journey started for you. Sure. Well, I was in India. I was going for some Ayurvedic treatment. I found a very good doctor. And I don't know if you know anything about Ayurveda, but it's been quite popularized. It's, there's a lot of clinics and holiday resorts where you go for your your Ayurvedic massages, your Panchakarma. But um found a really good doctor. You know, I went to the source and he'd had trained by, guru, his, he had a guru and he was in the family as well because it's these sutras I was telling you about, they're passed down orally from, from father to son, son to son to son, I'm afraid, not daughters usually. So he, he gave me this very powerful treatment and I started waking up every night at 3.33 on the dot, which is quite unusual. And so what do you do? You Google it and you say, and it says it's a higher self trying to contact you or or an angel or your spirit guide or something like that. So look for synchronicities in your daytime. So I did that and um, everyone started mentioning Kundalini, Kundalini, Kundalini. I was staying behind a Kundalini center. Uh, the taxi driver mentioned it. The, the doctor mentioned it. And he told me to read a book called The Serpent Power, which is about... Um, the raising of kundalini but it's it's a very complicated book so again i went back to to the internet and youtube and i found this online class and this teacher he really went through it and he was in miami and then he introduced he talks about the ethereum society as well and his teacher dr king so i'm in india learning about this spiritual awakening of an englishman you know i wanted to meet someone in in robes you know with the real yogi <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, and the teachings were so amazing and so far advanced. They're mind blowing. So, I had to promote them. So, I started Pod Songs and, and made it my mission. So, you started Pod Songs as a way to share those stories initially? Yeah. Well, I, I wanted, if I make the number one podcast, then 
I drop in periodically guests from the Ethereum Society or Yogis. And I've actually started a new podcast now called The Mystic Cast, where I just indulge my my interest in the psychic and the the UFOs and uh, the Ethereum Society. And now, so I'm really trying to, the, the pod songs will just be more more mainstream, you know, because it's a lot for, I know Joe Rogan goes on about UFOs a lot, but he also, you know, people skip episodes, many people skip episodes, although more people believe in UFOs than God now, so. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's such a complicated rabbit hole because just by definition of the, of the word and the acronym itself, unidentified flying objects, it doesn't really tell you much about what it is. You know, then you have to go deeper and, and ask people like what they believe about what is out there in the stars and multidimensional reality and, you know, other star systems. And just for me, it's logical to assume that we are not alone. I've, I've done plant medicine, ayahuasca, and what I feel is direct communication with spirit. So it's interesting, this awakening that's happening that Joe is also facilitating, which I love. He had um, Jimmy, I think it's Jimmy Carlucci on talking about ancient civilizations. I'm a huge fan of Atlantis stories. and But the, it's funny because the myth is being married with the science and they're coming closer and closer together. I'm friends with a woman named Robin Maxwell who's just finished up a five-part saga about the gods of Atlantos. So she takes the original teachings of Plato and the fact that he wrote about these ancient civilizations and creates a whole story around it. And she pulls in, you know, some of these older books that would probably be, fall into the metaphysical. And she's, be, she's created this fantastic story. So it's it's a, a mix of, you know, fiction and, and you know, truth. And it's, it's really fascinating to read because when I read it and I know the backstories, it's interesting that some of this is going to make its way into the... Uh, the consciousness of other people but I, I believe that that's how it happens like everyone plays their part and introduces their seed and then when people hear enough of it from different sources i feel like in some way it confirms what they've known in their heart to be true yeah i found a kindred spirit <laughs> did which of the folks from ethereus made their way into pod songs i've interviewed the founders sorry not the founder he so the the master dr king who has now passed on to another realm. He, uh, but I've interviewed the the president's space in America and in England. So it's yeah, it started with Dr. King. So he did after the war, he did ten hours of yoga, sorry, eight hours of yoga every day for ten years. So I mean, I'm talking the real yoga, the pranayama, the mantra. Yeah. So he raised Kundalini up to the to the crown chakra, and so he became Apshushumna, and he became you know, fully enlightened. So he had, I don't know if you've read Autobiography of a Yogi, that's kind of... Long time ago, yeah. <laughs> so there's yeah. there's enlightenment, cosmic consciousness, and then ascension. So the Buddhas, you know, Jesus ascended, the Buddhas ascend, you know, the ascended masters. So what the Ethereum Society, the teaching says is that uh, when you ascend, then you can go onto another classroom, which is on another planet. Because there's the electromagnetic spectrum, and every level of every point there is physicality so when we die here on this earth we go to the astral plane which is exactly here in this room but just a different frequency of vibration so all the dark matter and the dark energy is in the planets but just at different frequencies so the other planets are all habited but they might be gas at our frequency but at a higher level there's they're, they're you know they're earth and they're 
you know there's cities and temples and so they're not it's not some far away galaxies that's but it's all this different frequency of vibration so so with atlantis and lemurius we we came from another planet before this and uh, maldek which is now the asteroid belt because we destroyed it we split the atom and then we came here and then we went through the civilizations probed the atom the earth turned on its axis and destroyed the civilizations and so we now we're now in our present civilization the third time lucky hopefully and um so dr king and also the uh, jesus and buddha were mahabodhisattvas who came from who were asked to to incarnate because it's all about karma it's all about they can't just land openly because karmically we haven't earned it you know and it would be a very karmically bad for us if we if we um insulted them in any way so when they reincarnate through the womb of a woman like jesus you I mean the star of bethlehem you know was not a was a ufo and there were three stars around the buddha and so and also george king they they incarnate from these other planets into our life stream and then they whatever they do here they because they're in a human body they karmically they're allowed to do perform these acts and you know jesus also did these these years of yoga in tibet you know 40 days to raise kundalini as well and so it all the teachings match the you know the ancient vedic vedic teachings or the tibetan teachings and so there's all this this lineage which comes down through theosophy and now to the ethereal society which i'm trying to get the word out about when did this become what seems to me like a, a mission for you well yeah when I started Pod Song, so nineteen ninety nine, two years ago, I I started having this experience, and I didn't have any psychic experience. I'm just purely basing this on the the logic of reading the Nine Freedoms, which is the the main book, and then the the Twelve Blessings, which uh, Doctor King channeled from the by the Master Jesus. And so, yeah, and there's you know I've studied as many hours of uh, Doctor King's lectures, and it's so incredibly fascinating and. Um, I want to get more of the word out about it. So what's next for you then? Well, wow, I've got to get pod songs up there, so I need to I'm collaborate. Do you think it's going to be through pod songs? Pod songs 2, 2.0, which is the next iteration, right? Right. <laughs> You're paying attention. But how does that enhance or help fulfill that aspect of it, of what you're trying to do and support the Therese Society? Well, with uh, hopefully fundraising, because if it gets... You know, I'm collaborating with 50 artists a week, a year. So, you know, we release those on Spotify. So every week we have a, a single release, you know. That's more than most record companies. You know, it's a lot of collaboration. So every week a big media launch. It's not just a podcast episode. Are you treating these songs as uh, like a, a label release? <laughs> Is there a... a that's in the works as well. Yeah, and no, I, I release them on my label through Spotify. And there's so the episode goes one week, then the song the next week, and then the music video the next week. So and that's fifty times a year. There's going to be a video now too. There's music video for every song. So yeah. And who's doing the video? One of the uh, one of my friends here in uh, in the Cilento in Italy. So it's a full music release every week. So hopefully, bit by bit, more famous artists because the numbers go up. So and record companies are just about the numbers. So if the numbers go up and it's a huge it's an audience for their artist then they will do it and then the people bigger than them will do it and then the so there's this 
this accumulative effect so that should raise money and secondly there'll be this trickle down promotional effect that hopefully people check out the mystic cast and there we do the heavy breathing and um so yeah that's the strategy what are you hoping to accomplish or what's the the goal with mystic cast there i interview people interested in ancient civilizations ufos and met other members of the ethereum society so it's you know it's your it's your classic alternative podcast but with also with the members other members talking so they're doing it they've all done presentations and they're already giving excellent excellent presentations i'm much more than myself because i'm a i'm just a two-year member i'm just a basic student so yeah and then we can we want to raise money to build a temple and because it is a very very tiny organization it's uh yeah it's a couple of thousand people so whereas you know the scientologists maybe not the best example <laughs> <laughs> but they are a ufo they are an organization that is also believes has beliefs in this as an example of a new religion that i know that, you know you've got to take examples from the guys that are working it's working for even if you don't agree with them so i take some some tools from them what's your hope with the show oh please say that again it could just cut out what's your hope with the show well to get to the top of the poppermost why yeah, but why i mean that everyone says that every podcaster says that but it, the question is why like why is it for fame is it for exposure is it for your brand is it for the because of the message yeah the motive to raise money for the society because if we get if we have huge streaming numbers you know you don't get too much from it but hopefully that would lead to income for the society and secondly i'd be invited on more shows like yours at the end i can go weird you know they have me on in the beginning and then i can tell them about and there'll be this trickle down effect because you know most people listening to this will just roll their eyes but because we're in this reincarnatory cycle where on the other realms the membership's much higher and the so when you're born back on this realm there are some people who'll just say it's just it'll just take one word for them to connect so yeah it's you can't fill a glass that's full a lot of people just they have their beliefs and i'm not going to change them but some people are searchers you know some people have tried buddhism have tried christianity have tried these they've been to india looking for yogis and they'll just connect they'll realize that it's quite logical that if we're in a reincarnation if you believe in reincarnation we're in a reincarnatory cycle if it's evolutionary we're going up where are we going and i'm seeing ufos in the sky it's possible logical that i get to drive one of those things one day is that the goal <laughs> well it takes 20 well if you if you it takes twenty thousand years to learn to drive one of them because once you, you you incarnate on another planet you don't do it through the womb you're in you go through the logos of the earth and you you retain reincarnation is unconscious incarnation is consciousness and so as you go up and up you still have a physical body there but eventually you go into beings who just ovoids and then you go into you vibrate together with other beings and you perform logo you eventually become a planet eventually 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 so the planet is a living being that's millions and billions of lives so we evolve into planets planets evolve reincarnate into the suns suns into galaxies there if you look through the hubble telescope there those are intelligent beings billions of times so i think this idea of 
that we evolve into a planet into a, is a new idea that I've only heard through the Ethereum Society and Theosophy kind of hints at it, but it does give you a purpose beyond where I see pod songs being. It's that I eventually, you know, have to evolve into a much greater being. It gives you a... Because even with Buddhists, you know, you go to Nirvana. I mean, it's very vague. So this is really kind of a concrete path. So I hope to be driving one of those. Yes, is the answer to your question. <laughs> Lots more to unpack there. And I'm sure people have a couple of different paths to take if they're interested in, in your journey as a musician and as an artist and as a creator, then definitely Podsogs and Podsogs 2.0. But I think what you're doing with Mysticast is just as fascinating. And to your point, when, you know, sort of like the student is ready, uh, the teacher appears, or when they're journey in life takes them to a point where they feel like they're now in alignment and they can open up to receive this information. And what I always say with all this type of stuff, because it gets a little heady and it gets a little out there, um, take what resonates and discard the rest. It just means you, it's not resonating with you and it, and it doesn't all have to. I think what people need to appreciate and understand is you know, there could be 80% of what you said that really like gets them excited. And then there's the 20% that they just like, there's a you know, a mental block or just what the vibration is not there and not in alignment. But that doesn't mean that the 80% is not something that you can use in your everyday. So always, and you know, what I tell listeners and I tell folks that I talk to about this stuff, like it doesn't all, it doesn't have to be, it's not an all or nothing. You know, it's not like, okay, here's everything I know. And they're like, well, there's that 1% of the stuff that is too weird for me, so I'm going to discard everything. So just, you know, open minds, I think, is really helpful in times like these, especially with what we're going through, especially with what the planet is going through, whether you call it ascension, whether you call it incension, whether you call it awareness, awakening, consciousness. It's like they're all speaking to the same concept, and I think there's gonna, there is a need for a plethora of teachers you know, who can teach different aspects of it because it's all the same teaching, but just delivered in different ways. And I think it's a fascinating time that we're going through. And it's it's no surprise that topics like this are coming to the forefront more and more. So I appreciate you, Jack, sharing your story, your journey, your podcasting journey, which has taken you onto this awakening metaphysical journey, which is going to be super exciting. And uh, I can't wait to see how it turns out. Wow, that's beautiful. Can I use that in my next interview? Of course, yeah. <laughs> I'm making notes. I'm. I'll let me know when you're ready for uh, a song about uh, my journey. I'll <laughs> for sure, I would be uh, happy to share it as well. That would be great. Where's the best place for folks to to start to learn more about the, all the stuff you've talked about? Well, with the Ethereum Society is uh, ethereus.org. Go to there for all the teachings. For pod songs, it's pod songs on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or podsongs.com. It uh, couldn't be easier. And the Mystic Cast is on the podsongs.com website or you can also search through your podcast provider yeah well we'll make sure all those links are going to be provided in the show notes as well so don't worry about taking notes if you're listening or in the car <laughs> <laughs> and then thanks again jack for sharing your story i really appreciate it thanks harry great thank you for having me so i hope the way i built up the show in the intro paid off and for those of you that have listened all the way to this point i hope you found value in it and i really enjoyed how it was scratching my podcasting itch and my spirituality itch and i, I wasn't expecting it like i said at the beginning of the show so i really appreciate uh, jack for being open and, and being vulnerable to sharing that aspect of his of his uh life's journey which is always fun 
Full show notes available at podcastjunkies.com forward slash 285. Intro and outro music composed by my good friend who I have not spoken to in years, George Abiana, a.k.a. Cedar, Cedar and Soil, cedarsoil.com for his list of amazing music. Don't forget to support our sponsor, Focusrite. I know I've mentioned this several times, but check out their gear. It's at podcastjunkies.com forward slash Focusrite. They're always coming up with uh, new innovations in the world of podcasting. My Scarlet is tried and true, been with me for several years. I can't say enough good things about them and the team. Looking forward to connect with Dan at a future conference. Right now, the plan is to be at uh, Podcast Movement Evolutions and PodFest in uh, Orlando and then uh, Podcast Movement in Texas. I think it's in Fort Worth or Dallas in August. So those are the three podcasting related. Actually, another podcasting related conference will be the Indoor Ad Conference. And that's related to a second show that I host called The Vertical Farming Podcast, uh, for those of you that don't know. Tune in next week for my conversation with husband and wife team Garrett and Sabrina. They're dinosaur enthusiasts and they're the team behind I Know Dino. It's the biggest dinosaur podcast and it covers news, interviews, and discussions about, guess what, dinosaurs. It's really fascinating, their story, how they ended up with this topic and how the show has grown and become very, very popular. So tune in. That may come out later this week, if not a week from now, but uh, be on the lookout for that. It's the I Know Dino episode. Don't forget to leave a rating and review at ratecastpodcast.com forward slash podcast junkies. If you've made it this far, you're no doubt looking for this week's retention hashtag. Let's go with Troubadour Jack. Okay, and that's... <laughs> Let's go with Troubadour Jack. And Troubadour is spelled T-R-O-U-B-A-D-O-U-R, Jack. And you can tag us at podcast underscore junkies and Jack at Jack Troubadour on Twitter. Thanks for all you do to support the show. Talk to you next week. <laughs>